Bibles, we're going to go to Psalms, the 22nd chapter, verses 1 through 2. And if you do two or three circles, I won't even pay attention this morning. We'll just keep right on going. Amen. Psalms, chapter number 22, verses 1 through 2. He says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, am not silent. Amen. You may be seated today. Unique text this morning. Uh, that's not normally what we would try to focus on. But here we find the psalmist David is saying, I'm crying out, God, and I don't think you hear me. I'm getting loud, and oh my God, I cry in the daytime, and I cry at nighttime, and I'm, I'm getting desperate. I don't know if you're hearing me. Oh, and in the night season, am not silent. I'm not silent, God. I'm, I'm, I'm loud. But I still don't know if you have heard me. Anybody ever felt that way? Amen. Amen. The title of our lesson today is Strength in suffering oh man that's some heavy words today strength in suffering i will cry out to god and trust in my suffering i will trust it even when i am suffering i will trust you lord even when i am suffering man that's hard to do in our humanity that is difficult to do when I don't feel good, typically I just want to be left alone. Anybody else ever felt that way? Just leave me alone and let me get better and it's going to be okay and all that good stuff. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's not a day and it's not a week and it's not a year. Sometimes suffering lasts a long time. But he can still give us strength in our suffering today. Unique text, and I, I'm going to do a little bit of reading. I'm going to try not to do too much today, but um, we're going to kind of jump into uh, a person that we go to a lot of times when we're talking about suffering, which is Job. Job. Job 1 through 6 says, The angelic sons of God came to present themselves before Yahweh as he sat on his heavenly throne. Surprisingly, Satan himself appeared in the heavenly court, God asked, say, or asked what, he was, what he had been doing, and Satan replied that he had been going to and fro in the earth from walking up and down in it, apparently seeking someone he could accuse as being unrighteous. Amen. I'm glad he was having trouble finding an unrighteous person. Amen. I hope today if the, if the devil come and looking for some unrighteousness today that he would walk away and be sadly mistaken when he left here today. Amen. I want to be a righteous person today. He was looking, I've been looking for someone unrighteous. In reply, Yahweh asked him, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect or a complete and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, pushes evil back. Fears God and he's not worried with the evil. Satan did not deny that Job appeared to be righteous, but he did question some of Job's motives. So Satan laid down a challenge. Put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath, 
Lord, and he will curse thee to thy face. Satan was implying that once the blessings dried up, Job's righteousness would dry up also. Mm. Have you ever had that question in your mind? It's easy to say, God, no matter if you ever bless me again, I'm going to live for you. That sounds real good. And it may make me do a circle or two. But when the rubber really meets the road, that really gets pretty difficult to do. God, no matter, you can take everything I got, I'm still going to worship you. Let's hope that's true. We want that to be true. It's not as easy as just saying it. There's a lot of doing in that. Mm. God decided he would silence the great accuser by proving to him that Job's righteousness was genuine. Job's righteousness was genuine. That was part of his character, his righteousness. He had made up his mind that I will be righteousness. I will be righteous. So God told Satan he could attack Job with limits. He could not attack Job's help. Satan let Yahweh's presence and immediately made ready. He left his presence and immediately made ready his assault. Here the devil is leaving the presence of the Lord, headed to attack Job. I'm glad it didn't say Justin. Aren't you glad it didn't say Twyla? But he left the presence of the Lord ready to attack poor old Job. Man, man, think about that for a moment. Wow. Mm. One day Job suddenly heard a commotion and looked up to see one of his servants running toward him crying out, the Sabaeans raided and killed your servants with the sword and took all the oxen and the donkeys, and I'm the only one that escaped. While he was still speaking, another servant ran up. Fire from heaven fell and burned up your sheep and your shepherds, and only I'm escaped. While he was yet speaking, another ran up. The Chaldeans attacked and took all your camels and killed your servants, and I am only escaped. In just a few moments, like bang, 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 Job's prosperity gone. What he had worked for his whole life, all the things that he had done and accomplished, gone. And as Job reeled and shocked at the news, he heard, Master, another servant had ran up, your sons and your daughters. They were all at your oldest son's house, and a tornado struck the house, and it collapsed, killing them all. And only I am escaped. In a moment, Job's most precious possessions were all taken from him. His children, all of his prosperity, gone. Wow. Overwhelmed with grief, Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and cried. No, no, and worshipped. Mm. Fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He worshipped in his agony. He still 
worshipped. And through the worship, he maintained his righteousness, even in the face of severe, could be considered punishment. Mm. Mm. Job 1.22 says, In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Wow. Everything's gone, and we find this man bowing down in agony and says, you know what? I'm still going to bow down to the Creator. I'm still going to worship. Uh, he's still good. Uh, I'm not going to charge you foolishly, God. Uh, I'm hurting and I'm in pain and I can't imagine why I've done all these things I know how to do and I'm trying to be the best I know how to be and it seems like it's all hopeless, but I'm still going to find a place and bow down before you, Lord. Even in all of that, and no matter what, God, I'm not going to charge you foolishly. I'm not going to say anything against your name. I still know that you're my God. Mm. As Job was suffering from this great loss, Satan again appeared in the heavenly court. God proclaimed that Job still maintained his integrity before God. Undeterred, Satan laid down another challenge. Wow, not again. Mm. Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath he will give for his life. But pour forth thy hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. Job 2, 4 through 5. In other words, God, if Job's health is destroyed, his worship will turn into cursing. So what did the, what did the Lord do? So the Lord told Satan he could afflict Job physically, but he must not kill him. Satan immediately went out and afflicted Job with boils all over his body. Job sat in the heat of ashes, mourning his fate and scraping his sores with a potsherd, a picture of perfect suffering. I don't know that I've ever put them words together like that. I've put a picture of perfect health, a picture of perfect life, a picture of perfect joy, a picture of perfect suffering. Wow. Mm. Mm. Wow. A picture of perfect, a perfect and upright man suffering. What Joe felt at that moment as he cried out is perfectly expressed. In the anguish questioned, the anguish questioned David would rather ask God as he suffered and felt abandoned by God. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roar? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not in the night season and am not silent. David, like Job, roared in anguish, suffering. Thus, we have a pattern in Scripture that reveals that the acceptance of crying out to God when we face suffering. In fact, God desires that we seek Him and call upon Him when we find ourselves overwhelmed. Call upon me in the day of your trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Psalms 50 and 15. 
we find two men here that have found themselves in an unpopular situation. Tested of the Lord. Tested in, in life. In trouble sometimes. In hard times. Everything gone. Hurting and in pain. And they just cried out to God and said, I need you, Lord. Mm. Most of us have not suffered extremes like Job, but perhaps you have suffered some things. You know, I noticed this one thing in, about judging. We have to be really careful when we judge. But I can look at some people and say, man, they really have never suffered much in their life. Maybe you could look at me and say that. But we don't know what the suffering of a man's heart is. There's all different kind of pain tolerances. Some things just hurt other people worse than it may hurt you. That don't mean they have or hadn't suffered. That's really not any of my business. Amen. We've all been through something. We've all had our crosses to bear and our pains to swallow and our hurts and our issues and we've all had that amen maybe not to the extreme of Job I don't know but things hurt we all have pain perhaps your pain is you lost your health or maybe you've experienced great financial loss or you've grieved the death of a child or grieved a child rejecting the Lord wow that's some grief Perhaps you have betrayed, been betrayed by a loved one or you've experienced persecution of your faith or you've been constantly attacked or undermined at work or perhaps you've experienced the acute suffering of being unable to relieve the suffering of someone you love. Still hurts. Have you ever had to make that phone call? Maybe someone has lost a loved one and you just have no idea what you're going to say. You still call and you try to be there. Just a loss for words in some ways. I want to help. I want to say it's all going to be okay. I want to say just give it a day and tomorrow it'll be okay. I don't, I don't know that answer sometimes. Mm. In Psalms 22, 4 through 5, it seems David's sense of abandonment was increased by remembering the stories of how God had delivered the Israelite ancestors in the past. They had trusted in God and cried out to him and were delivered. But it was not working out that way for David. He was trusting and crying out, but nothing was happening. God had given David's, uh, Yahweh had been David's God for a long time as he could remember. David had hoped in and trusted in God his whole life, and it had not been in vain. He had known the presence of God in the past, so now he called on God to remember their relationship and come near again and deliver him from his misery, a misery from which only God could save him. Think about that. Sometimes there's nothing another human can do for you. It's just God. I am glad to know who the Lord is. Mm. 
So many people today face so much suffering and they don't know who the Lord is. Mm. There's, there's no hope. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm so glad I know who he is. Then David confessed to God what he had learned long ago in his walk with God. God was his strength in suffering. Recalling God's strength in the past moved David to call on God to hurry and be my strength again. God, you may not take the suffering away. God, you may not take the pain away. God, you may not take this or that away. I know that you're able. I know that you can. But your ways are not my ways. But while I'm in the storm, God, you can give me strength. While I'm in the trial, God, you can give me strength. While I'm in the battle, oh Lord, I know that you can be my strength. Amen. Amen. Do we believe that today? Come on. Amen. <clears throat> we do not know how long David had to endure his misery. But as he continued to seek God for strength, God heard him and relieved his suffering. In profound gratitude and relief, David cried out, You have answered me. In that process, David was reminded that though he may have felt forsaken. God, nevertheless, had never left his side. Oh, I'm glad I know that I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I have a God that knows where I'm at and what I'm facing, and he's always walking by my side. Amen. Many verses affirm these truths. Deuteronomy 3.16 tells us, Be strong and of good courage. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41 and 10 tells us, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Psalms 46 and 1 assures us God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Come on, somebody. Because this is so, the psalmist added, therefore we will not fear. God never promised he would not ha we would not have trouble. He did promise, however, to be a very present help in trouble. Mm. God is not present simply to be, uh, to be there observing our suffering. No, he is present to help, a very present help. He's not just sitting there watching you suffer. But he's a very present help in time of trouble, in your suffering. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help, to help, to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 
In response to God's promises to be present and to strengthen us in suffering, I will, with God's help, consistently put my trust in God in the midst of my suffering. In the middle of it all, in the middle of my suffering, I will put my trust in the Lord. Amen. This last week I read a devotion and it really spoke to my heart. Sister Misty and, and, and we, we read the same devotion every morning and then typically in the evening we compare notes and see if we agreed, disagreed, liked it or whatever. We both screenshotted this devotion and we couldn't wait till I got home to discuss it. I want to I have a clip I just want to read to you. It was just so encouraging, and I feel like it fit right here in trusting in him even in our suffering. It goes, did you know the shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalms chapter 117? That's the shortest chapter in your Bible. The longest chapter in your Bible is Psalms 119. 119 shortest, 119 longest. The very center of your Bible is marked at Psalms 118, right between the longest and the shortest. There are 594 chapters before Psalms 118, and there are 594 chapters after Psalms 118. Add these numbers, and you get 1,188. What is the center verse in your Bible? Psalms 1, 1, 8, 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Right dead in the middle of that word. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. This very verse says something significant about God's perfect will for our lives. We're told to trust in him rather than people. If we do that, we will find it much easier to stay centered up, right in the center of his will. Amen. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Hallelujah. I want to find my refuge in even when I'm suffering. There's still refuge in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I can reach out to Pastor Moses, and boy, I like to talk to him, and sometimes he encourages me. But when I really want to take some refuge, I need to go find the Lord and say, God, let me get centered up with you. It might not go away. Uh, it might not end. Uh, I may have to go through some more. But even in my suffering, oh God, I am trusting in you. Amen. Sister Misty may fail me. My father-in-law may let me down. But when I put my trust in him, oh, oh he never leaves me. Uh, he never forsakes me. That don't mean he does away with the suffering. But I know I can trust in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1 goes like this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brethren, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Asia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Verse 4. Who comforteth us in our tribulation. Who comforteth us in, in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. What he's saying is, the Lord's going to give you comfort while you're in the suffering so I can comfort my neighbor that's in trouble. He's going to help me so I can help someone else. Amen. Amen. Verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual or effective. In the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that ye are partakers of the suffering. So shall ye also be of the consolation. You went through the suffering, you're in the suffering. You're partaking of the suffering, but just hold on. You're going to be partakers of the consolation also. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. This is Paul speaking. Which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even our life. I thought I was going to die. It was bad. I was pressed outside of human strength. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. I was sentenced to die. That we, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. But in God which raised the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver. He did that, and he's still doing it. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. No man could help me. It was outside of strength of humanity. The sentence of death was upon me. It had done got bad and worse. We were suffering, and he didn't know what to do. But the one thing I knew to do, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. Uh, I know you have delivered. Uh, I know you can deliver. I know you will deliver. 
I can't do it, but you can, Lord. Uh, I put my trust in you even when I am suffering. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God is more than able. Hallelujah. We're not tapping out his ability today. Amen. He is the creator. He's the chief engineer. He built it all. He breathed breath into you and I today. Nothing is too hard for my God. Amen. Even when I am suffering, he's there. He's there to help me and to guide me and to lift me up. Amen. Be of good cheer today. He's with you. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. I'm all over the place this morning, but I just know today I told my wife, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. There's some suffering that's going on in your life and all kind of thoughts may be running through your mind, but I'm telling you to get a hold to the Lord and trust in Him. Trust in His strength. He can bring you through today. Praise the Lord. Sister Misty, get ready for that song. I'm going to read another verse. Amen. This morning, this song has been on my heart. And, it, and I'll be honest, the, the way it's sung may not be the, my favorite way. Amen. But I believe it could speak to us. Uh, Genesis, the 22nd chapter, verse 7. It says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Here we find Abraham and Isaac headed up the mountain, and Isaac is fixing to get sacrificed by his father. And believe me, friend, that's suffering. I can't think of much worse than having to go sacrifice my son on an altar. That's some suffering today. That's some hard stuff this morning. Oh, and here he is trudging ahead, and Isaac is saying, I see fire, and I see the wood, and I see all this. Uh, oh, but where is the sacrifice? God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Mm. So they went, both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abram lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering 
in the stead of his son. And Abram called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Jireh, the Lord will provide. I don't know if anybody paid attention to the song that was playing this morning. The first song we played this morning is the same song I want to play right now. Jireh, you are enough. Mm. I feel the Lord this morning. Somebody needs to hear me today. He's enough. I, I know it may be hard. I know the suffering may be great. I know you may not understand. I know you may not have the answers. I know you may not even think you deserve to be in the place that you are today. But I want someone to know, my God, Jehovah Jireh, you are enough today. He's more than enough. He knows where you're at. Oh, he's asking you to put your trust in him today. Oh, hallelujah. He is enough. He is enough. He is enough. He's more than we can ask or think or imagine. Oh, he's enough today. He's enough today. Hallelujah. It won't work, Sister Misty. All right, go ahead. Play. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Oh, you're enough today. How much more? How much more? Oh. Mm, can we just stand this morning? Oh, if he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? Oh, how much more? Oh, if he tresses the lilies with beauty and splendor. Oh, how much more does he love his children? He knows every sparrow that falls. Uh, how much more does he love you today? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, that's right. Uh, God, we trust you today. We trust you this morning. Oh, we put our faith in you today. Oh, I know that you love me. I know that you care about me. I may be going through this situation. Oh, but I know you know where I'm at. I know you know what I'm facing. Oh, and I trust you. I trust you today. I trust you this morning. I want to stay in the center of your will. I can't trust me in God, but I can trust you. I can put my faith in you today. Oh, bless your name. Hallelujah today. Oh, Jireh, you are enough. 
Hallelujah. Can we just magnify him again? Uh, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. We thank you today. Uh, 